It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. It is our Friday live show. We are live on Periscope. If you are not with us, why not? Because we're having fun. Uh, Some of us are drinking. I am. uh, And some of us are not. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Everyone everyone has to do what's best for them. Uh, We're going to go through and take some of your questions today. Uh, We have to start, though, with the injury report. We have a lengthy list, as we did last week. Unlike last week, we expect some of these guys for the Green Bay Packers to play. It's hard to know exactly who's going to be available and who's not. And I think there are questions about whether it is prudent for some of these guys to play. Aaron Jones, we know he's not going to play. But guys like Alan Lazard, Darnell Savage, David Bakhtiari, maybe the prudent thing, these guys who are questionable, is to sit them. Because this is not a week where it's going to be a huge challenge. I don't want to say that that this is just a gimme game. It's not by any means. It's a divisional opponent. Uh, They still have plenty of offensive firepower. It's just this defense is so banged up. It's so banged up. I had to look up the depth chart because that's the, that's the level of cornerback that we're talking about here. Uh, Mike Hughes is out uh, and Holden Hill is out. And so that leaves Jeff Gladney, who's a first round pick, Chris Boyd, a former seventh round pick, Harrison Hand, who is a fifth round pick this this year, and something called a Mark Fields, something called a Chris Jones. It's a yikes. I rate that um, many yikes. And it if they couldn't stop Devontae Adams with their dudes, if they couldn't stop them with Cam Dantzler, who's on the COVID list, uh, Mike Zimmer said there's a chance he could be off at two negative tests um, and, and he can come back. It would, it would seem pretty unlikely that that's going to happen at this point. They couldn't stop Devontae the first time. They couldn't stop Devontae, the, and that was with Yannick Ngakwe and the Packers having to do a bunch of shuffling along the offensive line. Now, 
The offensive line, if David Bakhtiari plays, is intact. At the very least, you're going to have guys playing at the positions they're supposed to play at. Billy Turner played left tackle last week. You've got Rick Wagner coming this week so at right tackle. So you should be able to protect Aaron Rodgers, which is key. They're not going to be able to cover Devontae Adams or anyone else, which would be another reason to let Alan Lazard rest. Um, maybe you put him on a pitch count. And they're going to score 30. I said this in the newsletter. And by the way, if you're not subscribed to the Locked on Packers newsletter, go do that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send out the link again. All the best content from around the Packers world on the internet sent right to your email inbox uh, every week. And it has exclusive commentary from me there as well. One of the things that Green Bay is going to have to figure out is how who's going to get the ball. That's going to be it because they're not going to be able to cover on the back end. And Eric Kendricks in, in week one was able to do some pretty remarkable things to slow Green Bay down. And they still hung 40 plus on the Vikings in that game. This is a worse version of that defense, even with a bye week. It just doesn't seem like they're going to have any chance to stop this offense. I, I do wonder defensively how Green Bay is going to approach this because it looks like Kevin King is is out. I said this during the week. I said it last week. If Josh Jackson plays well this week, it might just be a wrap. It might just be a wrap on Kevin King because you've got Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson. That's a really good one-two punch at the cornerback position. And traditionally, when Kevin King has been out there, he's had Stephon Diggs because he's been a, a favorable matchup there. And Jair Alexander has drawn the responsibility of covering Adam Thielen. How do you allocate those snaps this week? And, and last week, they gave Josh Jackson the responsibility of Brandon Cooks and just said, okay, you, you've got him all over the field, and, and then we've got Will Fuller wherever he is, if it's Jair or it's Shannon Sullivan in the slot, we feel good about that matchup. I think Green Bay is going to take a similar approach here. The question is, which receiver do you do it with? Which guy do you put Jair on and say, okay, you've got him, and and do you do that? I mean, I think you could you could take a similar approach. The problem is, Adam Thielen is really good in the slot. Justin Justin Jefferson is really good in the slot. So if you feel good about Shannon Sullivan, and I think you should feel good about Shannon Sullivan, wherever, whatever receiver they're putting in there and matching up there, he's been really excellent in coverage so far this season. Then maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you just play sides. And maybe that's the best way to confuse Kirk Cousins because we know that Cousins is going to throw some YOLO balls. We know he's going to give the Green Bay Packers defense opportunities to make interceptions and to get deflections and deflections that can turn into interceptions. Green Bay did that in, in the week two matchup last year. They turned a, a deflection into a pick from Preston Smith. That is that is uh, one way you could do it or you could match. And, and I don't know which they're going to pick. Um, I think Mike Patton wants to wants to mix and match. That's just generally been his philosophy. I think you can make the case either way. Um, this this could be a game where you want to play bigger. And, and so maybe you want to have Raven Green out there more. And maybe that means he's in coverage a little bit more. You have to deal with Kyle Rudolph. You have to deal with Irv Smith Jr. I'm anxious to see how the defense comes out and plays because they opened in base against the Texans, knowing that the Texans were going to come out in the first drive and try and run the ball. 
that it's just a classic interim coach thing. They first two plays on with an interim coach are like always run plays. Just get into the game. It's a very old school coach mentality that I think is stupid and broken. Anyway, that that's not the point. Kamal Martin was out there with Chris Barnes. And this is going to be a heavy Kamal Martin game because they're going to play multiple linebackers. Christian Kirksey returned to practice. So, you know, they, they have some options. All of these guys now have gotten reps. Barnes, Summers, Martin, Kirksey. How, who's going to be out there? What positions are they going to play? And how much base are they going to play? They played a lot of base in week one. They've played a lot of base traditionally against the Vikings. So it's something that... I, you know, they, they, I would think, I mean, that's what Kamal Martin is there for. That's what they signed Christian Kirksey for was uh, to give these guys an opportunity in precisely a game like this. The other thing is how much are, are the Vikings even going to be able to run? Dalvin Cook is dealing with uh, a, soft, a soft tissue injury. They said he's good to go, but then they listed him as questionable. So who knows? It sounds like he's not 100% no matter what. But again, the best run defense for the Packers is this offense. And if they're going to score every time they get the ball, it kind of doesn't matter. It kind of doesn't matter what the run defense looks like. Now, I've said this, and this is something we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. The run defense has quietly been better than a lot of people are realizing because over the last few weeks, it's been better. In fact, Green Bay right now is 22nd overall in DVOA all of a sudden. They were like 28, 29, 30. For a lot of the season, they're suddenly, you know, they're ahead of Seattle. And and that was not the case for a lot of the season. They're they're starting to creep up and they have a lot of options um, in, in terms of how they want to attack most teams. They have fewer against Minnesota because how Minnesota wants to play. And that's that's when you need your linebackers to come play. It's also really good practice. And this is something that we haven't really talked about this week, but I, I want to talk about next week on our short week. This Minnesota game is great practice for what's to come because the 49ers bring that same outside zone scheme. They want to play with big people with two receivers on the field or fewer. So can your linebackers hold up? Can Kamal Martin hold up in those situations? Are you going to see Kenny Clark assert himself are the edges going to play as physically as they did against the Texans are you going to see them with you know gap responsibilities and gap integrity or are they going to get a little aggressive trying to shoot gaps and get out of position that leads to big runs you cannot give up big runs the the plan in both of these games the next two weeks is similar catch the mistakes that the quarterbacks throw you has to has to happen and do not let them break off big runs if they want to run for five yards a carry, I kind of say let them because the offense is so much more capable. It was a bad plan last year because the offense couldn't do anything. And they tried in the NFC Championship game to play bigger, and it just didn't matter because they didn't have the horses. They didn't have the speed at linebacker, and the 49ers just got out on the edge against them all day. They they have that speed now, and they have Raven Green playing in some of those sub packages. I, I would trust Raven Green even in, in, in these heavy sets to handle tight end wham blocks and some of those things getting to the edge and, and making tackles. So luckily this week, the defense is so bad in Minnesota that the run defense is not going to matter. It's going to matter against the 49ers. So that's why even though in terms of the outcome, it's not essential that they stop Dalvin Cook. 
I think from a, maybe you don't like the word momentum, maybe you don't think momentum exists, but just from a rhythm standpoint, let's say, from a responsibility standpoint, it would be great to have them playing good defense, sound defense, disciplined defense, to bring the tackling from last week to this game and the next two games, then you have an opportunity to be a much better run defense. All right, we're going to get to more of your questions in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Go. You've heard me talk about Built Bar. So many of you have tried them and reached out and said they really are as good as you said. Well, why not try something from the same makers? You know it's going to taste good. You know it's going to be delicious, which is so much the problem with all of these health food products. This is energy in a little 1.5-ounce package. It's called Built Go, put it in your briefcase, your purse, your golf bag, just your pocket to have it whenever you need it. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, I want to get to some of the questions. Um, If you have a question, feel free to throw it in the bottom there on Periscope. Let's start with this one. Hey, Peter. What's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? This is Lee in Brookfield. Just calling to get your opinion and see as we get closer, you know, to the middle of the season, who's going to be the potential, the highest potential breakout star a la Sam Congato for the Packers playoff run this year. Keep up the good work. Can't wait to hear your answer. Stay locked on. There are a couple there are a couple answers here, but the, the one that I really like is Tyler Urban. When you go back and you look at the end of last year, week 17, he out-targets Jake Kumaro. You look at the, the Seattle playoff game. They schemed up ways to get Tyler Irvin involved. There's a reason that he's out there playing 50, 60, 70% of snaps every game because it's not just the pre-snap motion. With the ball in his hands, he can do dangerous and dynamic things. So I think they're going to manufacture touches for him. I think they're going to find ways to get him the ball. And they did it against the Seahawks. Seattle didn't see it coming. But now he's such a bigger part of the offense that it's not just a package. Last year, you know, you couldn't you couldn't run the Irvin package against the 49ers because now they're schemed on it. They're coached on it. Well, now Irvin is just a part of the offense. If he's out there, you can't just say, oh, well, Tyler Irvin's out there. It's a weird thing or watch. He's going to get the ball. No, now, you know, 15 times a game, he's running that jet motion and he's not getting the ball. 
So what about the two times that he does get it? What about what about the the end around? What about the orbit motion into a screen or or whatever it is? I mean, I, I'm not even going to speculate on it because we just Matt Lafleur is still cooking it up in his lab. I love the idea of Tyler Irvin being this secret star, and maybe you save it. You know, maybe maybe you know you you get a first round matchup that you think is advantageous. You save it for you know, the divisional round or the NFC championship game. But but I think that is something that that we could see moving forward. One of the questions in the the feed here is, did you see, do you see EQ continually getting snaps? He's still not 100%. And I was, I was concerned last week when Malik Taylor and Darius Shepard were getting a lot of run while MVS was struggling. So Devontae is, is eating. He is just devouring this Titan Texan secondary. And... There was no EQ on the field, really. And I think Aaron Rodgers hinted at it in the Pat McAfee interview when he said, you know, we need to see it in practice. I, I think that was a little bit of foreshadowing or or at least an insight into how practice has been going. I don't I don't think we've seen a lot in practice from him is was basically what Aaron Rodgers was saying. He's going, you know, look, we need to we need to see a little bit more from him before he he becomes a bigger part of the offense. I still love the talent, uh, but he's got to he's got to reinstall or reinstill the confidence that the coaches and, and Aaron Rodgers had in him early in his career. So this is from Chris. He didn't say from where. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? With all the trade rumors around, is there a type of receiver you'd like? I'm anti-Fuller, Cobb, Alshon, really anyone with major cap implications at wide receiver. I'd prefer someone on a rookie deal. Gallup would be the dream. Galladay, Detroit won't trade him in the division. And maybe Keelan Cole. He's not a star, but would be an upgrade for Green Bay. And he's only 27. Not sure how he lines up with the Jacksonville timeline. First of all, I think that the Will Fuller uh, cap implication is overstated. Um, They only have to pay about half of that $10 million this season in a, in a trade so that is the the money part of it is not prohibitive if you like a a version of Will Fuller who's on a cheaper deal it's Kenny Stills that's the guy because you could probably get him for a day 3 pick so you're not giving up much and he's not super expensive so i think that one is something that you you really have to look Long and hard at um, Devonte Adams posted a picture on Instagram with him, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Stills. Uh, the caption was something like "Family, my brothers," or something like that. That seemed like a not so subtle "Hey, go get one of my guys" kind of thing. So uh, that that's exactly the kind of they're not going to trade Michael Gallup. I don't know why they would trade Michael Gallup. Mike McCarthy needs three receivers to make his offense work. Michael Gallup is really good and he's cheap. Unless you're going to overpay for him. I just don't see how that a deal like that gets done. We've had a couple questions about Jamal Williams, um, whether whether this is going to be a breakout situation for him. Uh, there, I've gotten a number of questions about what his value is to this team moving forward, and I, I don't I don't know that his future is in Green Bay. I think the AJ Dillon pick really was a harbinger of things to come for him. I think they view the ideal running back pairing as Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That's why we've heard all of the Aaron Jones contract talk and they use the second round pick on A.J. Dillon. They see that, I think, as the ideal. You you think back to what Matt LaFleur had in Tennessee at Derrick Henry and he had Deion Lewis and he used Deion Lewis more than Derrick Henry. Now, in retrospect, that seems psychotic, 
But part of it was Derrick Henry hadn't fully broken out yet. He uh, he started to break out the year before. And then in the second half, when they they fully realized him, um, they have, uh, you know, nothing else that was working. I mean, the, the offense was really not in sync. Uh, they, they felt like they didn't have the offensive lineman. And Derrick Henry was not ideally suited to that outside zone. They, they let him in it. And we've talked about how it takes some time to get acclimated there. So I don't think Jamal Williams is a long-term member of this team unless he's going to take, you know, bottom of the barrel money to stay. They just have too much other stuff that they want to that they want to retain. And you can't give Aaron Jones twelve or fourteen million dollars a year and Jamal Williams eight million dollars a year and have a second round pick at running back and not gut the rest of your team. That means, okay, Corey Lindsay's probably already gone, but that means no chance at Kevin King. That means no chance at, at David Bakhtiari, probably. And it it hurts your ability to, you know, maybe you want to extend Alan Lazard. You're going to have to give him a, a tender coming up here. You're going to have to extend Devontae Adams. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that they have to get figured out. I just don't see how you can allocate resources there and still make all this stuff work. It's just, it's too tough. And it sucks because Jamal Williams is an incredible player. He is, uh, and an, well, I don't incredible is overstating it, but he is uh, a really solid running back. He's an incredible teammate and an incredible personality. I think someone's going to give him starter money. I mean, I think someone's going to give him $8 million in free agency to come be their starting running back. And Green Bay is just going to say, look, Jamal, we love you, but go get that money because we're not paying it. We're not giving you that money. So go get it from somewhere else. I think that's just the reality. You take care of Aaron Jones. If that's what Green, I mean, Green Bay wants to do that. I don't know that it's what I would do, but I think that what their plan is resign Aaron Jones, let Jamal Williams walk. I think they'd like to resign David Bakhtiari. The Ronnie Stanley deal is a potential complicating factor here, although I think it helps Green Bay. He gets a deal uh, worth about $100 million, five years, $100 million extension. So we're talking about $20 million. Uh, Rob Domovsky and others reported before the season when the Tunsil deal got done that Bakhtiari wanted $22 million. He wanted that top-of-market Tunsil deal. The Packers wanted to give him 18 Green Bay wants to re-sign David Bakhtiari. They want to re-sign him for the right amount of money. And I, I, 20 is the compromise number. And I, I think if you're the Ravens, you're going, look, 22 million is psycho. Houston, the, the, the guy that gave that contract out is unemployed right now. So just remove that from your mind. We're not doing it. You want 20 million. We can do 20. We can, we can make you the second highest paid offensive lineman in the league. I think that is, and, and Ronnie Stanley is a really good young player. And so Green Bay can say the same thing about David Bakhtiari. Look, you know, you're you're going to turn 30. We'll give you this four-year deal. And unfortunately, Green Bay, from a franchise tag standpoint, it, it becomes really difficult to franchise tag David Bakhtiari. So you don't really have that leverage. I mean, you can threaten it, but they would have to create a bunch of space before the new league year. And, and it just doesn't seem like it's something that they can really make work. This is from Matt in Arizona. Uh, this is Matt calling from Arizona. I'm just curious. I feel like the run defense was a lot better today. Could we say anything about that possibly being slightly better today in comparison to other seasons? It's probably because of Kenny Clark, but I'm just curious um, of a discussion on that because I think it could be something positive out of this game at least. So Green Bay is actually 22nd 
against the run by DVOA. It's they're an above average run defense with with the garbage time caveat. So if you take away garbage time, so between uh, 5% and 95% by EPA per play, the Packers are, they're actually 12th, 12th in run defense EPA per play without garbage time. 12th, that's a good run defense. That's a legitimately good run defense. And it's a little surprising that they're, for example, without the, the garbage time caveat, they're 16th in drop back EPA per play. So they're, they're 13th overall in EPA per play. That's, that's an above average defense. And above that's like a good defense. Well, it's a, an above average defense. Let's say that. They're ahead of Seattle, ahead of Minnesota, ahead of Buffalo, ahead of some of these teams that like are purportedly good on defense but aren't really and, you know, they're just behind the Bears. They're just behind Washington. They're not far behind the Colts. So this run defense has legitimately been better. Uh, part of that is because I think the the edges are prioritizing it a little bit more. And that's something that Preston and Zadarius Smith said. One of the reasons why they're not creating as much pressure is because they're not trying to create as much pressure. They're trusting the coverage behind. And they're trying to make sure they're playing their responsibilities. I think a lot of um, the, the sacks last year, whether it was off blitzes or improv improvisation, they're trying to be a little bit more gap sound this year. And it's really helping. So this is this is something that we're going to monitor moving forward. Um, it really helps when you can just not be all-time terrible. This is something we've said all offseason. You don't have to be a good run defense, although right now the Packers are. You just have to be all time not terrible and i think that 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 does a lot for you it is also just um you know uh, something that i think is going to even out over time i mean they they're they've invested enough that you feel like okay they've got these quality edges they've got Kenny Clark and now they've got some linebackers who can play they've invested in that front and now we're really seeing um the fruits of of that labor come through Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's 
killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store i got this great voicemail hey peter this is jim from bayview love the show and i consider you to be the bob mcginn of podcast as we finish up Viking Week, I was looking to hear your thoughts on one of my all-time favorites, but often looked Packer games. Packers versus Vikings, December 8, 2002, ESPN Sunday night game that the Packers came back to win. Now, the Vikings were having a down year, but the rivalry was still red hot. This is the game where Sharper intercepts Culpepper on the final play, but rather than going down, attempts to run it back. A fight breaks out between the two teams. You have Hoban going after Favre and Favre giving Hoban the finger. I mean, I'm talking about guys like Mike Sugar Bear Sherman, Jim Kleinsaucer, Mike Tice, and Cletus Hunt. Does it get any better than that? I bring that up because this game is not going to be like that. This game is not going to be that contentious because I think Green Bay is going to blow them out. I mean, I, I picked 35-17 in my newsletter. Um, I, I, I would be, I would be surprised if this game is two scores or less, honestly. I mean, I, I, I just think Minnesota is too banged up and I know Green Bay is too, but this is something that I just, it's, it, it, it was, it is a reminder to enjoy the games when this rivalry is what this rivalry is and it's contentious and it's a little bit. Um, antagonistic and there's a little bit of animosity that's what you want you want Packers Vikings to be you know you want to hear guys going yeah we hate those MFers that's what you want to hear and you know that's that's something why I, I don't think it's a trap game and I've said this all week a division game can't be a trap game you have to win your division games that's first and foremost that is every team's priority is winning your division games. Green Bay does not like beating any teams more than they like beating the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions. If they think they can go in and blow the doors off the Vikings, they will do it with a smile on their face. What's more, I just don't think this defense can put up any resistance on Green Bay. I know they had the extra week. I know Mike Zimmer is an outstanding coach. But I mean, they're going to have, I, I made this joke on Twitter. They're going to have to bring Fred Smoot and Antoine Winfield Sr. back, sign them to, to one day contracts to come play on Sunday because they don't have any corners left. And there's only so much you can do when you can't rush with four. They're not going to get any pressure on Aaron Rodgers with four. You're going to have to bring blitzers. And if you bring blitzers, now you're taking guys like Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, who are your best players on the back end. You're taking them out of the equation in helping those cornerbacks cover Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, if he plays. Remember, um, 
Big Bob Tanyan has broken out since that week one game. Jay Sternberger back in the mix. Mercedes Lewis. I mean, Green Bay just has even more weapons, it seems, than they did the first time around. And I'm 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 glad we got this up in the 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 feed here on Periscope because I did uh want to just say um my my heart and and my condolences go out to the Packers family and the Adderley family. Herb Adderley passed away. And he is one of the all-time greats. He's one of the absolute all-time best players. There's a great quote from Vince Lombardi that about how he he, why he just couldn't couldn't stop himself from wanting to play him on offense because he's he was that talented. He was just the ball skills, and he is he is one of the best cornerbacks to ever lace up cleats. And it is you know it is a, a heavy-hearted day in Green Bay because. You know, he's a, he's an all timer, not just in Green Bay, but in, in NFL history. You cannot write the NFL history books uh, without Herb Adderley and, and those 60s Packers, those Lombardi Packers. He was a huge part of that. And I think too often he is overlooked in the conversation of best defensive backs of all time. And it's really a shame because he was he really was incredible. Um, and and I think that we need we need to, we need to make sure we we recognize that. I love that. Heaven has some team uh, from the feed. So uh, I think the Packers win big. I don't think you have to sweat it out. And we're going to be back on Monday. Short week. So uh, one one fewer fun things to do. We're going to have our, our Zal you doing and all that stuff. Um, but we'll have our, our same recap show Monday, Expert Tuesday, um, which I think will just be Zal you doing. We'll have our crossover on Wednesday and then. We'll be doing the thing on Thursday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to be a part of a show just like this, hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.